following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Back live across Michigan. Tuesday broadcast with Superfly Hayes. Hammer and Hank Hayes. They had a bonfire Sunday night at the Hayes Ranch in Rockford. They burned all their Lions gear. Two games into the season, man. Come on, don't give up. I wish I could play Journey right now. Don't stop believing. But then I look at the injury list. And I look at Campbell and his September-October coaching record. Folks, they they can't lose Sunday against Atlanta. We'll talk to Mike O'Hara coming up in less than 30 minutes. DetroitLions.com. Graham Couch, Lansing State Journal, here in just about five minutes. Couch in the Room podcast. Uh, The latest Mel Tucker's reply statement to the notice of intent to fire from Michigan State Athletic Director Alan Haller yesterday. Yesterday, the story broke that a law firm's been hired by Michigan State to investigate allegations of leaks of the Title IX. I guess it would be the official, because they have responded. They have different words in court. They, well, how, so who's filing the claim? What's that word? Complainant. Yeah, complain. That's why I, mean, I was trying. I was going to go there. Wow. I don't have to go to law school now. Thank you, David Gregory, NFL certified Agent Bull Rush Sports, he's based in West Michigan. Yeah, so these stories are happening. I mentioned CBSSports.com when we started uh, the show. They were the uh, top story. And now it's been replaced by Brady offers next question when asked about the Jets' uh, open QB job. I, I like your transparency idea. We talked about it. Anything Michigan State has, put it out there right now. But you know what? I remember talking to people inside Michigan State who wanted to do that, but the lawyers got involved, and now they say, don't admit anything. And you're a lawyer. You've been on both sides of uh, stories and complaints. Now they don't want them to admit anything because it could uh, make the school liable or individuals, employees, right? Well, it's yeah, it's the comms people, the communications people versus the lawyers. The lawyers are always going to say no, and sometimes you have to overrule the lawyers. And what is their real exposure here? It's not that bad. You know, somebody leaked the name of of the complainant. There was supposed to be confidentiality. There's never in history, from what I can tell, been any kind of action by the federal government because someone breached confidentiality under Title IX. 
it's it's there's nowhere near the exposure you had. So how this turn into a a two time national story in the last ten days? Yeah, you should have overruled the lawyers and dumped everything and said, we're an open book. Well, you should have suspended them a long time sure. ago, and that would have saved MSU all this grief. Hey, but, you know, you could have missed Yeah, you know what? They probably should have. But if Alan Haler truly did not know any details, he could at least say, they shielded me by university po- policy from knowing anything. And as soon as I found out, I suspended them. You know what? Again, you would take a... You know, it wouldn't be a two-week story anymore. At least, I think it would have died down some. And there would have been maybe some belief that somebody at Michigan State had done the right thing. Nobody believes it anymore. It's a story the entire football season. It is. Because we haven't even got into the transfer portal. Uh, the redshirt rule, which leads up until four games. Uh, the transfer portal, when a coach is fired, all those players on a college team have the right to enter the portal for 30 days. So you could have... Half the team playing the season in the portal, but they're playing hard to show other schools, hey, this is what I can do. You can get other guys taking a redshirt year who are going, I'm just going to transfer at mid-semester. That's the football side of this for Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, you put your name in the portal, and that's all it is. You put your name there, and then that triggers the right of other teams and coaches to contact a player legally. But that's a massive distraction. Every game, every week. You're checking the portal. You're going to be checking the portal. Who's calling me? What are they offering? Why is this guy not playing? Did he, did he demand a redshirt year, right? Right. That's the other thing. Some guys, because the fourth game is coming up. Man. Uh, so you can play in four games and not use up your eligibility for that year. I'm sure some guys who will not want to enter the portal and also want to preserve their redshirt year. So they might be, they might wow. be very short on depth. Mm. And they exactly weren't uh, three deep across the board going into this season. So uh, I, I, do, I do go back to Tucker's uh, response statement when he says, quote, MSU knew about the information on which it supposedly relies to end my contract since at least March of 2023. So did he tell, again, we don't know this stuff. It's all, did he, is that just to the Title IX investigator, that office? was Did Haller say what's going on? Did he tell him? Is there something said that was off the record? But now uh, it was told to Haller. There's so much there. Let's check in with Graham Couch, Lansing State Journal, other entire team for what the word team is left in print and radio uh, today, and maybe even TV. Uh, he joins us uh, with the latest on what Tim Stout said at best eight days ago. This is going to be a soap opera, and here we go, Graham, right? It's just amazing. Just Yeah, there, there, there's going to be just tons of distractions. Um, it's going to be, a, you know, it's going to be a fight for Mel Tucker, although I don't think he has a lot to stand on just based on the language in his contract. Um, but I, you know, he's trying to get as much money as he can, and, and he'll. he'll uh, I would be surprised if the university uh, buckles too much because, um, you know, it, I think they're better off spending a little more money fighting it than, than even paying him. But that would be my advice to them. Um, but yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what is uh, where this all goes and wh- what sort of season they're able to have. Is you know, is, is you know, the distractions pick up as the decisions about red shirts as the transfer portal becomes open to these players um, if there are other losses and you know and then what they really need right now more than anything is just a week where things go a little right and and it's just a lot better than it was a week ago and if if that happens 
it, it changes the narrative from this sort of slide, uh, you know, towards disaster that, 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 that Washington made them look like they're on, which they might be on. We just don't know yet. The thing that stuck out to me about Mel Tucker's response statement today, and I mentioned it to David Gregory, the attorney, uh, sports agent with Bull Rush Sports, who's in studio, that Tucker states, and it's his opinion, he didn't provide any facts or emails or audio recordings, that MSU knew about the information on which it supposedly relies to end my contract since at least March of 2023. So, you know, first day I talked to you eight days ago about this, and we both agreed, uh, who knew what and when will be the end of this story? Well, yeah, I mean, the big thing there, though, that that's when his interview was with the, the investigator was, in, I think it was March 22nd or whatever it was of, 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 of this year. So if that's what he's referring to, that, that that has nothing to do with the price of tea in China. Like, that's that's not that's not gonna gonna do it here that's a great line in the statement he also had a line in the statement about brenda tracy um and the confidentiality she broke i i I could have this wrong but i do as as i understand it i don't think she broke anything that was above her right to share um so i you know i don't think mel tucker has done himself a lot of good with his statements that's my personal opinion on that um does not mean uh that you know when all the legalese is 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 broken down, and, and this becomes a little bit of a fight that you won't get something out of this. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't. The, the March timeline is is based on his interview, and and so we knew that at least one person at MSU knew then, but that was the investigator, and that, from what we understand, was not anybody else. And we'll have to wait till uh, the truth comes out if we ever get the truth, because this is a very sensitive process. Uh, with Title IX, and who else did Mel Tucker tell anybody else in a position of leadership about what was going on or even a a, a casual blanketed uh, update, and that's it. I mean, transparency, uh, Alan Haller standing by what he said, so is the interim president, uh, Woodruff, and you're going to get investigations now with the Jones Day firm on the leak, and I will tell you where this story, in my mind, goes sideways even more. If it is confirmed that, and they use the word officials in that story from yesterday that I shared for the Lansing State Journal, Graham, if you get names of people who leaked this at Michigan State after what they went through on procedural processes with Nasser, I, I know these cases are nowhere close. This is more of a not soap opera. Everyone has a right to legitimate complaint, but it's not on the same level. But the doubt, the lack of trust that's out there right now on what Michigan State says from a leadership perspective, even the doubt of what Mel Tucker says, you don't know who to believe here. Yeah, there's no question that, you know, what the leak winds up being, and, and, and we don't know yet, there are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, you know, it's it's possible that, that um, even incidentally that Mel Tucker could have been the beginning of that. And he may have been right to do that because he's afforded the same rights that, that Brenda Tracy is in this, from what I understand. So, uh, you know, I, we have no idea where this is, where that's going to go. Um, and you're right. If it is something that was malicious or, um, really, really, uh, negligent at best in terms of being careless from leadership, whatever it might be, that's going to be a major problem for the university. 
So the transfer portal and the rule of 30 days to enter it, the four-game red shirt, and the fourth game's coming up uh, this weekend. I assume until he's officially terminated, fired, uh, we won't know anything about that until after that point. That's, that's correct. I mean, from my understanding is once he is terminated, the, the portal is open for 30 days for the, for the players. And they don't have to, you know, actually leave the school, but they've got... It, it, here's the other thing to remember, though. If you are... They're really... The only pressure on any player to jump in for 30 days is players who have already transferred. Because with the portal timing, the portal will be open to everybody at the end of the season. So if you haven't done your one-time transfer yet, and you're a player on that team, and you don't want to get in the portal, you don't want to deal with the distraction of schools contacting you, you want to see where this season goes, how you feel about Michigan State, who they may hire, where this all happens, you're under no pressure to get in that portal. I mean, you might as well just wait and, and you know, see, you know, jump in at the end of the year if you want to when the, when the portal reopens. Doesn't mean a lot of kids won't. Uh, and kids who have already transferred would need to take advantage of that. And so, yeah, it, it'll get. And then again, the the four game deal after this week. If any kid who hasn't redshirted uh, wants to preserve a year of eligibility, uh, that would be the the time to do it. Graham Couch, uh, fabulous job with the Lansing State Journal team on another uh, national uh, story when it comes uh, to Michigan State and inside uh, their leadership and the football program with Mel Tucker. Graham, appreciate the update. Always respect your opinions. We'll talk soon. Look forward to it. Take care, Bill. All right, Graham Couch checking in on the Roast Over Coffee guest line. David Gregory, uh, lawyer, uh, NFLPA certified agent, Bull Rush Sports. So I know, this is another thing I'm picking up here from talking to Graham, and I'm kind of learning along the way. Even if a guy has transferred in, if a coach has fired – are they granted another year of eligibility? I did a little research on that today, Bill, and I don't have the definitive answer, but I, I actually believe if you've transferred once, that counts. So you can't transfer again free, if you will. So if they're going to transfer, you'd have to go sit out. It'd have to be somebody who would be a freshman, has two years left, and they want to go sit out a year and go play at Cal, right? Exactly. Now, I want to... I want to refine that down, but I was doing research on that point today. I think- I, I've never heard that. That's why it was the first. And the way he said it, though, would be maybe you want to get in the portal and transfer, and you might just leave right now or whatever you have to do on credits. Or again, I, I don't know every single ch- uh, box you need to check, but that would be a, a coach fired in season because this is rare. Where, where there is the gray area right now, David, and you even hear it with Graham, yourself, and me that coaches normally don't get fired three games into a season. It's highly unusual. Coaches get fired. It's usually at the Who's end the of the season. Who's the last coach fired? Yeah, or, or towards the end. Towards the end. There might be two or three games, exactly. right? So then it's a different animal for uh, the transfers. And uh, the red shirt thing doesn't come into play because it's past the four games. So, yeah, wow, that's – well, what if every underclassman, everybody wanted a red shirt? Well, I mean, we, yeah, would they have enough? Play- They'd have enough players to field uh, a team, but they probably wouldn't have enough mm. depth for player safety, uh, quite frankly. And like you, you said earlier, that the guys who can transfer at the end of the year won't put their name in now because that could create locker room tension things. 
But the transfers are doing it. Man, I got to look out for myself. I got two years eligibility left. I'm going to have to sit out a year at Texas A&M, right, or whatever, and you're going to go and play a final year someplace. Yeah, but I think the situation's so chaotic, I think a lot of people are going to put their name in because what does it hurt? You don't have to do anything with it. It just allows teams to contact you legally. I would, if I'm a backup, okay, I'm Bill Simonson, and I know that even if I played a little bit, we're one and two, the story is going to be there the entire season, that the coaching search, everything's going on. I would put myself in for a red shirt to see how the university handles this, how Michigan State does, who the, the, the next coach that comes in, where things are at, and actually that guy would have the rest of the season to see what comes out of the hearing, if there are any findings, to know how the university handled it. Because if I'm a player right now, and I'm at my apartment or you know house I'm living in or dorm, whatever, I'm looking at this thinking, my Lord, this is a clown show. And these guys all look out for themselves, NIL, uh, Transfer Portal. Let's be honest, they're, they're this rah-rah, Rudy team concept, and we're going to go and win together. It's rare you find that uh, in college programs. That's one thing I'll give Izzo credit for on the basketball side. But I'm, I'm curious. How many guys won't even want to touch the field Saturday to, to not get hurt, to not hurt. And in a roundabout way, it could help Michigan State. That if you have 30 guys say they want the red shirt, I, again, I don't know what the number is, that new coach is going to know there's an extra year of eligibility for 30 players. Yeah, this could go any number of ways. And I think the only thing predictable is that it's going to be totally unpredictable. Uh, it's just chaotic. And we have a new system, and then we have the unusual situation of a coach fired this early in the season under very scandalous circumstances. David Gregory, he's a attorney, also NFL Players Association certified agent, Bull Rush Sports. Uh, he works with Michigan athletes, coaches, uh, knows the NIL business. Yeah, I was even saying to you, you can't do the pay-to-play if you're a school, but they have the Evergreen program at Michigan State. Do you not go to the boosters through the Evergreen program and say, hey, we need to ramp up some NIL money to make sure we can field a team the rest of the year in East Lansing? Yes, I mean, pay-to-play is technically illegal, but people walk right up to the line and I think there will be pressure to raise some money to try to keep as many good players as they can in the program. David, this is a, a story where I, my gut said it wasn't going away because we weren't getting enough consistent messaging from Michigan State. So what's interesting in terms of the leak and how people came about and knew about it and everything, and that first press conference where Michigan State at least portrayed with the acting president Woodruff and A.D. Haller, they acted like, oh, we, we found out about this like the rest of you through the USA Today story. They actually didn't really say that very clearly until the next day. Right, but they kind of, in a roundabout way first on that Sunday late afternoon, early evening press conference, the night after or the day after the story broke that previous night before, and then they, they tried to clarify a couple times. And then even... 
Mel Tucker, in his response statement today, uh, you know, talks about Alan Haller, uh, the AD, and he states, where was it about uh, September 10th, that in Haller's press conference on September 10th, he suggested MSU was suspending me as a, quote, interim measure, and quote, while the investigation continues. About one week later, with no new information, MSU moved to terminate me sanctimoniously and illogically, claiming this action has no impact on the ongoing investigation. That's Mel Tucker in his response statement from earlier today. Yeah, I did, there is some inconsistency there. There's no doubt in it. There were no new facts other than there was an incredible public outcry and uh, you know negative coverage of Michigan State. And they seem to have been caught flat-footed when they should have realized be, Michigan State. be in Michigan State. They should have realized that this is going to go public at some point. Now, maybe we can't go public because of Title IX, but we need to be ready, and they didn't appear ready. I believe the change in comments, statements, positioning from Michigan State is incredible heat from boosters and companies that they do business with, okay? Sponsors. Sponsors. I'm talking big money, all right? Big money. The Ishbias, these people, right? That, whoa, you got to fire this guy. You're not getting another dime from me. And again, that's, I, I don't have any proof. I'm just saying my knowing the power of money connected to schools. So that's why they, uh, and I, I thought, whoa, wait a minute. I, I personally would have separated the termination, but maybe they want to terminate so they can move quick on a coach right now. But I don't know what coach is going to leave while, unless he's not working. Well, what, no coach is going to leave a current college job, but maybe, maybe one would if he's getting Michigan State's job. But then who's going to go sit down with Alan Haller and the interim president and the board of trustees while this is still active with Mel Tucker and say, yeah, I want to make a five- or seven-year commitment to your school? Yeah, I think that's the question. A lot of national writers say, well, this is an attractive job, and it's in the Big Ten, and there are a lot of resources, and it's top 20 in revenue and attendance. But the leadership chaos at Michigan State, I mean, is Alan Haller going to be there a few months from now? They don't have a permanent president. I mean, if you walk into there, you don't know who's going to be in charge a year in. Let's be honest. All right, when D'Antonio abruptly resigned and you had that – Negative PR cloud, and not a cloud, we'll call it a hurricane, over Michigan State. They could not get any big names. Luke Fickle turned it down. His wife didn't want to go there. Didn't feel comfortable in Lansing. They had to go to a guy who was 5-7 and seven at Colorado. They overpaid for him. He said, no, he, he said no, and, he, and they went back with more money because they were getting their, what, eight days out on recruiting, right? Right. So they, there wasn't this list, because what happens here, the MSU messaging militia, MSU Twitter, the fans will have a list of every big-name coach who all of a sudden just going to walk away from his stable current job and come to Michigan State. Nobody did when D'Antonio resigned. Well, I would say if D'Antonio had resigned at a more normal time in the process, they probably would have had a better pool. But there was still the wind blowing on the remnants of Hurricane Nasser and that and stepping in there. Because really, Lansing's a great place to live. You look at Michigan, Fickle's wife didn't want to move. You, 
is that place, did you feel like it's that the leadership is buttoned up? Yeah, Izzo, sit down with Izzo, it'd be awesome if everybody was like Izzo. I think they should clone Tom Izzo and he should be the president, AD, and head coach. He's, and too, he's too smart to take and the job. And their, mo- and their modern genetics lab that they have right by the big smokestack uh, beyond the football field. You take a left there if you're tailgating. You see the modern genetics lab, MGL. And they're cloning people. They clone me so I can golf all summer and there's actually someone else doing the show. Which Superfly said, you know, he's a little bit better than you, Bill. He's a little bit better than you. Uh, David Gregory, lawyer, uh, one of our legal insiders, and also when it comes to anything connected to NIL, the draft, college football, players signing uh, with agents, contracts, and more, uh, Bull Rush Sports. And he is based in West Michigan and connects to state of Michigan uh, athletes and coaches. And he knows NIL and more. Just follow Bull Rush Sports on Twitter. And David Gregory will be with us for another hour, 10 minutes. We're going to get an update on the Lions injury situation uh, from DetroitLions.com. Mike O'Hara will join us next. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Mercantile Bank is committed to delivering financial solutions that empower businesses to achieve their goals. We take time to understand you and what makes your business unique. From commercial and business banking to treasury and HCM tools, our local team is here to help you take your business to the next level. So when you need a financial partner, Merck is here. To learn more, visit us online at MerckBank.com business. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. Friday, October 27th, TVs and Practical Jokers are up to their usual trips. If you're not here, you are missing out. It's the Tenderloins at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Sal, James, and Brian for two shows and twice the last. 7 and 10 p.m. Tickets start at $59. On sale now at the box office and etix.com. Don't miss the Drive, 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 Drive Tour with the Tenderloins, October 27th. Party hard, laugh louder. Details at SoaringEagleCasino.com. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, High School Sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. 
Fuel up for less with M Perks. Earn points on your purchases when you shop at Meyer in store and online. Then use your points to claim a fuel reward and save at the pump. Your dollar goes further at the pump with M Perks. Plus, earn points for all qualifying purchases in the Meyer Express station and keep a lookout for exclusive Meyer Express offers. Enter your M Perks ID at checkout to earn. Exclusions apply. Not valid in Wisconsin. Max 30 gallons. Download the Meyer app to sign up or see Meyer.com to learn more. Join Van Andel Institute Purple Community for the Be Brave 5K Walk and Run in Caledonia on October 7th at 8 a.m. You can participate in a day of fun and exercise all while supporting breast cancer research at Van Andel Institute. Register at VAI.org. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. I think the man is standing by. He's known as Mike the Man O'Hara, DetroitLions.com senior columnist insider. He's standing by. I was going to read through the injury report here again in a moment, Mike, but the show ends at 6, so I'm not sure if I can get through it. Maybe you can refresh my memory while you do it. Oh my gosh, I... You know, I, there's there's a side of me that they rally back from ten. The place is rocking. I'm in the crowd. I I was telling everybody I think he's playing for the field goal. No, he's Campbell man. He's going for the win. They're going to go up top here, and he plays for the field goal. He admits that right after the game, and again at his presser on Monday. I didn't agree with that. Then the injuries were real. The missed tackles were real. Jacobs. Uh, playing off, you know, DBs, 10 yards. Geno Smith looked like he's, you know, uh, worth a you know billion-dollar contract again for the second straight year in Detroit. That's my uh, outside look at in perception. What were you thinking uh, during the game and also afterwards? Well, I wasn't thinking all of that exactly, but, you know, one thing about Geno Smith, I mean, he's got years left. I mean, this isn't like his last year. I don't, I don't see the end in sight for him. And for the Detroit Lions, that's not a good thing because uh, looking at the schedule for uh, 20, 2014 or 2024, uh, they play uh, Seattle again back in Detroit. So this is getting to be a monotonous tune, but uh, get rid of that guy. But I don't. he's still got good football left in him. Uh, if, if they could do it over again. If Dan Campbell could, regardless of what he says to the media, if he could do anything over in that game again, what would be the first thing he would do? Be a little bit more aggressive there on that last, uh, you know, with a minute forty-four left. Be more aggressive. Yeah, he was aggressive coming out like he like he always is. That's that's his style of playing. I mean, he's 
let's not just take a chance after chance after chance, but undeniably he's in, he, he likes to play you know an attacking game. To not play that at the end was just, I think, was was just sort of out of character for him a little bit. And I think if he had to, to do it over again for whatever reason, I think he'd be a little more aggressive, cautiously aggressive. Yeah, and, and the lack of pass rush, uh, he was asked about that as well after the game and at his uh, weekly presser. Uh, I was surprised with you know both tackles out for the Seahawks that the Lions didn't get more pressure, but... They they didn't look aggressive. I agree with you. The way they were playing ten yards off on the receivers, it, it maybe they were saying there's no way Geno Smith can do what he did a year ago, and and he did it. Uh, you know, I know they didn't score forty eight, but now I was really shocked that the energy of the crowd, uh, the youth side of their pass rush, that there weren't more situations where Smith was getting hit or sacked. No, that's uh, to me. I thought they would. I thought they would get get to the quarterback. A, you know, at least a little, but they didn't. And you know, if that's an issue going forward, it's going to be a tough, tough year for the Detroit Lions. And that's, look, you can't just let the quarterback stand there and pat the ball and look at you know, look, you know, scan the uh, horizon and decide you know minutes later who he's going to throw to. That's so you, you've got to get him off his spot, make him uncomfortable. You know, make the receivers you know start to you know break off their routes, things like that. But they didn't. It looked like too often pitch and catch. Really did. Michael Harry, com senior columnist, joining us on the Rose Stumberg Coffee guest line. Yeah, uh, a week ago, I'm looking at Seattle, and I wasn't looking ahead to Atlanta as a must-win situation for Detroit, but they can't lose two at home in a row against Seattle and Atlanta. They just can't. I know Atlanta's 2-0, and a ton of young talent, but uh, however it needs to happen, the Lions need that W Sunday. No, absolutely, they've got to win win this game. I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a, a must win, but I, as I've said some other places, I'd call it better not lose because it would certainly tighten things up before they need to be tightened up. I mean, look, the Lions have good players. They've got a good team, got a pretty good coaching staff, I think, too, and uh, there's no reason for them not to, to put all that together and, and, and go on a good winning streak, really. I think I think they can do that. Now, whether they do, whether they not, I think they've got the assets to do it. But that's it's nice to have them, but you got to use them too. Uh, looking at that injury list, uh, who is the biggest loss, either short term or long term, for the Lions? Oh well, it's hard to say because you don't know who's going to be coming back for sure. But I think Vitae, the, the the right tackle, look, they've finally gotten that offensive line together for the first time in three years. All five starters were on the field together. That was for the opener, and bingo, down goes uh, Taylor Decker with an ankle injury. Didn't play Sunday, not likely to play this upcoming game either. So, you know, you can only lose so many on, on the offensive line. And I know what you, you can say, well, look what Seattle did last week. That's an aberration. That doesn't happen all the time. You just take, you know, two guys and play that offensive tackle and get through it without your quarterback barely getting touched. But uh, I, I think the offensive line, to me, it really sets up everything you want to do. And, and, it, and it really sets up, you know, Jared Goff. Look, I think he's playing really good football for the Detroit Lions. And you want to keep him playing that way. Michael Harry, you can follow the Lions 24-7 at DetroitLions.com. Senior columnist, insider, checking in on the Rose Tumber Coffee guest line. Michael, appreciate your huge opinions. We'll talk soon. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you had the white laughing at my huge opinion comment. You had a huge I like opinion. That.
I like that. I, I don't laugh when I read your columns. Most of the time, I don't. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not funny like you are. Okay. Thank you, Michael. We love you, buddy. All right, man. Yeah, he's a good guy. Michael O'Hara joining us. Yeah, the Lions. I love how I said it's a must when he goes. Uh, what, what was the what was the word he used, David? He said, uh, "Better not lose." Better not lose instead of must win. <laughs> yeah, that was in David Gregory, lawyer, certified NFL PA sports agent with Bull Rush Sports, joining us uh, in studio uh, with his thoughts on all the legalese and everything connected to Mel Tucker and his response statement today and the termination letter uh, or intent to terminate letter from. Michigan State and Alan Haller uh, to Mel Tucker, which you said was part of his contract, right? Is that it, or per uh, contracts that you, there's a seven? Because I never, I never heard a coach that they intended to fire would get seven days to respond. I believe it is a part of his contract. I, I will confirm that. I've heard that, and I've I was just thumbing through it just now. But I, well, I you're reading contracts. Michael Hare was that boring that David Gregory, <laughs> lawyer, NFLPA. Uh, he's reading the contract. Superfly is shaking his head going, oh, great, it'll take us two months again to get uh, O'Hara back on. I didn't say he was boring. I said it must have been. Do not. I got a lawyer, Superfly, in studio. Don't have, do not twist words or make allegations, okay? Uh, If you want to join in our Budweiser Folds of Honor, a huge question of the day. Is it a better not lose or must-win situation Sunday for the Lions. 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That's on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan. Add HUGE Show on Twitter. The HUGE Show on Facebook. Everything HUGE 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. There are 13 folds that bring the American flag to the iconic shape of freedom. This summer, Folds of Honor and Budweiser celebrate 13 years of changing military and first responder lives together. Service never stops, and neither will we. So join me in raising a Budweiser to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Budweiser Lager Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Herman Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports. And the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and Sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. How would you like to win $1,500 in cash from Josh Garvey and his team at Bean Carter Dorn Mayhew Firm? All I have to do is beat my pro football picks and you could be the winner. Get your picks in until early Sunday morning at thehugeshow.net. He hasn't made a putt all day, but if he makes this one, we're all cracking the Labatt. Hold it. Did you say if your buddy makes this putt, we're all cracking a Labatt? How about a Labatt Blue Light? Uh, yeah. 
Hey, buddy, you can do it! It's a left to right break, just outside the cup, a touchdown hill. Appreciate the support. You guys mind if I put now? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Best putt ever. Because making the big shot is better with a big crowd. Labatt takes everything to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, 2023, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All rights reserved. Labatt Regulations, U.S. trademark of Labatt Brewing Company, Limited. Hey, buddy, where's my Labatt blue light? He made the putt for crying out loud. I want my Labatt blue light. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Now he just showed me a photo from the Hayes Ranch in Rockford where they raised many sheep and many horses. His dad not only burned his lion's gear on Sunday, but last night they threw all the Michigan State gear in the trash can. Really disappointed in the Hayes family. It does stink. I'll say this. Just, you know, Michigan, number two, undefeated. JJ didn't look good. It's Bowling Green. Talk to me how they look against Rutgers. I mean, both these last two years, they had games where you're like, what team is this, right? I think it was Maryland last year, Rutgers two years ago, Illinois game last season, but they found a way at the end. They have to lose for me to question anything about this team right now. They have to lose. They're number two in the country. What more you want? Heck, Georgia was getting beat by South Carolina. I'm thinking they might be number one in the country. Then Georgia looked like, you know what? We're kind of bored. And I remember Kirby Smart talking at before halftime. And we'll be okay. We're going to take it down. We just got to get it doing. We're going to go and we're going to score a bunch of touchdowns. Thank you. I'm thinking like, is he running for office or something down there? They go out and just dominated South Carolina in the second half. So, But the Michigan State game, the week, and now another week with back-to-back, well, three days in a row of stories and national headlines and coaching candidates listed and, oh, there's the dream list and everybody's going to take that job. Just remember, you had to go hire a guy who was 5-7. and seven. And because he went 2-0 against Michigan, he became one of the highest paid coaches in college football history at the time. That tells you how bad Michigan State not wants to beat Michigan. That's an obvious. But that they want to change the rivalry where they become the team that's going to back-to-back Final Fours, that's playing for national championships that's beating their rival and winning the Big Ten East and the Big Ten Championship. And they were ascending on that path with D'Antonio until things 
hit the fan. And then the modern side of football recruiting hit the game. And then Twitter and Facebook and allegations and Nasser didn't help. It magnified guys you would take a flyer or a chance on that you never should have. You just have to ask yourself, is it worth it? And I think that plays with everybody at Michigan State connected to this Tucker story. Everybody. Is it worth it? Was it worth not suspending Tucker when you're Alan Haller and you had a chance? I don't care about your friendship or uh, who you hired, who you didn't hire, how well you know him. Was it worth it? Look at it now. And yeah, we can all play the hindsight game, but I do that for a living every day. On what Dan Campbell should have done, what Michigan, you know, Michigan State could do nothing against Washington. My Lord, David, Washington looks like a team that could win it all. They really do. I mean, just loaded with NFL-type athletes. By the way, David in the studio is not a religious figure. He is a lawyer and also a certified NFL player agent, Bull Rush Sports, based in West Michigan, giving us the legal side of what's going on with Tucker in Michigan State. On the way, David Jesse with more from East Lansing. Big. Bad.